You know, it's a 2020. You know, there were some things that happened even in January in 2020. But by March, you feel like the kid on is all the way slipped down behind the behind the seat, all the way down. And the best part, of like, is he's he's talking about she's laughing at him the whole time, <laughs> and he's like he's just completely stuck and can't get out. And he even he says, Janice, it's not funny, and she's still laughing at him. And uh, he says, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. <laughs> 2020 just hurts. None of us are prepared for this ride. And it feels like we're coming out of the straps. And that's why especially we need to think about this psalm. Psalm 139. One of my favorite psalms. Back, back in my Wesley Foundation days at MTSU, we would sing a song called Wings of the Dawn by Linda Spencer. One of my favorite songs. And part of that song says, And if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. Psalm 139 tells us that the greatest relationship you will ever have is with God. Amen? The title in, in uh, my part of the, of the Bible says, the inescapable God. Why? Because even though our lives may be filled with mountain peaks and valleys, God is faithful to be with us every step of the way. Amen? And the reason God can be so faithful is because God has eternal qualities that will last longer than our life here on earth. And Psalm 139 tells us that God has three qualities that make a relationship with God the greatest. The first is found here in Psalm 139, 1-6. The first is God is all-knowing. And all of these fill-in-the-blanks are down below if you're in the app, all the way down at the end. Don't cheat. How well do people know you? See, everybody thinks, like, well, I'm on Facebook all the time, that they know my heart, they know who I am. And they have the right to comment about the things that I say. For instance, I posted a thing about the fact that Walmart was going to require masks, which, by the way, most every store is going to require them. If you don't want to go to any stores, don't wear a mask. That would be fine. People have the audacity on my page, though, to be able to comment and say, well, I'm not going to wear a mask and I'll never go to that store again. Do you think I really care about that? How is that my thing to be put on my page? That is your opinion. It can stay with you on your page one way or the other. Why do we think that somehow we would do that to each other? You don't know me on Facebook. You don't know who I am as a pastor. You don't know who I am as a person. Only the folks who sit down with me in relationship actually know me. People all the time as a pastor make all kinds of assumptions about who I am. The people in my inner circle, they know who I am. Both the good, the bad, and the ugly. But they know who I am. If you're going to be able to be in a relationship, you'll have to sit down with people and get to know them. We spend too much time making these snap judgments about each other. 
I mean, people can easily say, you don't really know me. But see, here the thing with God is, is that the same can't be said for God. God is the all-knowing, ever-present God. As David reflects on this part of God's nature, he outlines a variety of ways in which God knows him personally. And here's a list of the ways that God does know us and him and me personally. The first thing is, is that God has Googled me. God has Googled me. Verse 1, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. If you want to find out about somebody nowadays or find out something, you can go online and type in their information. We call that Googling someone. You can Google yourself. You ever Googled yourself? Go do it. Go Google yourself. You'll find some interesting things if you Google yourself. You can find out about someone by what they have put online or was put online about them. You might find all your information, all your phone numbers, all of your addresses. You may find pictures from 10 years ago that are up there or a newspaper article. You may find all kinds of things you had no idea were attached to your name throughout all the years. God has Googled me and knows all about me. But God knows more than what is online because God knows my heart. That's always the big thing. If you just knew my heart. There are so many things on the outside that we get accused of and torn apart about by other people. But if they only knew your heart, you say. If they only knew your intentions. Number two, God knows my ways. Psalm 139, 2-4 says this, You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. God knows when I sleep, when I eat, where I go, what I'm about to say, my habits... Number three, God knows me relationally. Psalm 139, 5 and 6. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such wonderful, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's so high that I cannot attain it. God touches me when I need comfort. God protects me when I feel insecure. God has a knowledge about me that I don't even know about myself. God knows our every move, our every thought. God even knows what we will say, what we will do in the future. And such knowledge is incomprehensible to me because I'm limited by time and by space. The second thing is God is all-present. So God is all-knowing and God is all-present. Psalm 139, 7-12. Probably the part that we, we know the best. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. Now, Sheol in the Hebrew sense is not hell. There is no hell in the Hebrew uh, Bible. Sheol is basically a place where you walk around as the undead forever, never finding a place to rest. If I take the wings of the morning and settle on the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. 
Hebrews 13.5 says, Your life should be free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Wherever we go, God is there. Whether you're high or low or up and down or stuck in the middle of a ride or coming out of the belts, whether you're strong or struggling, the Lord is with you. Much better than Janus was with him. If you're walking with God, this is comforting. If you're running from God, this should be convicting. Because as Psalm 139 says, there is no place you can flee from God's presence. You can't run from God. You may think that you are, but you're fooling yourself. So either it's comforting or it's convicting. There is no place so high, no place so low, so far east or so far west or so light or so dark that is outside the presence of God. Amen? But this is a great comfort, especially to those who are suffering. And then third, God is all-powerful. Verses 13 through 18. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I try to count them, they are more than the sand. I come to the end, and I am still with you. You see, a relationship with this kind of person leaves me and you with a choice. We can either choose to flee from this person or we can choose to follow this person. And the last verses verses of this section respond to the first three sections of Psalm 139. You have God's knowledge. You have God's presence and God's power that all cause us to rejoice. And these attributes of God are not separate qualities that can be considered by themselves. In discussing each attribute of God, we are simply looking at the same loving care for us from a different angle. The same ways if you watched something going on on the outside or saw an accident happen, you would have a different perspective of the same event, depending on where you're standing. God uses God's power and God's presence and God's knowledge and all of God's other attributes to provide God's blessings which are too numerous to count. Verse 18 says, to awaken, to awake in the presence of God. You see, I have to open up to God in order for this to be the greatest relationship. If you're not willing to open up to God, God can't do anything. God isn't going to force something to happen. And Psalm 139 shows us that there are four ways that I can deepen my great relationship with God. The first one of those is, let God search me. Let God search me. That's hard to do. 
to slice open your soul to God and ask God to search all through your being? What would God find in you that is offensive and flawed? It can be painful. But that's where breakthroughs begin because the way up is down. Humble yourself before God and He will lift you up. Say it with me. Let God search me. Say it again. Let God search me. Number two, let God test me. The word translated thoughts in some Bible versions carries the idea of anxious thoughts. Anybody having anxious thoughts out there right now? About life, about school, about work, about the world? We can easily see why David mentions this. He's in praising the God who is unlimited in knowledge and power and the one who is present everywhere. Such a God is worthy of our complete trust and devotion. But how often do we fail to trust Him? How often do we let the anxious thoughts control us rather than the childlike trust in this mighty and wise God? Let God test me. Say it with me. Let God test me. Say it again. Let God test me. Number three, let God see me. Let God examine me. Let God see if there is any idolatry or sin in me. This takes trust in my relationship. Only I can trust, truly trust someone and love them enough will I be willing to let them examine me. I need God's accountability in my life. You need God's accountability in your life. I need the Spirit seeing me, searching me, telling me when I am wrong. We all need that. And believe me, all of us are wrong at some point or another even though we like to think that we're always right. Let God see me. Say it with me. Let God see me. One more time. Let God see me. And last, let God lead me. If I want the greatest relationship, I need to let God lead me. This is during a dance. When people are dancing, then the man typically leads the woman through the dance. Well, God's in a dance relationship with me. If I'm always trying to lead, then I'm going to step on God's toes. It's not going to work. There has to be give and take. And God is leading and I will follow. And where God leads and I choose to follow, then the relationship just grows and gets better and better. The more that we fight that dance, the more that we try to lead in that dance, the more that people are broken and we're hurt and things don't work out the right way and we're not going the right direction. Because the best relationship you ever will have for eternity will be with God. The best. And I can choose to love this relationship and engage with this great God or not. And then the psalmist ends with these words in verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting basically saying this but Lord I also know that I don't think very clearly I don't often have the right answer there can easily be in me a way of grief that is literally what wicked means grief I've often found Lord that my thoughts are not right 
So, Lord, in case I don't have the right remedy for this problem, let me add this prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any way of grief in me and lead me in the truth, the way that leads to life everlasting. What a wonderful prayer. How often should we pray a prayer that is like this in our lives? Lord, I don't understand what's going on around me. And my solutions might be quite inferior. I might even be wrong. Hear that. I may be wrong. The four most powerful words in the English language. I may be wrong. Hardly ever said anywhere in social media. I may be wrong. Same with me everywhere at home and everywhere so you can at least practice those words so that you can at least, even if you don't believe them, you can at least say them. Say, I may be wrong. Say it. I may be wrong. I may be wrong. But Lord, I'll trust you to lead me. I may be wrong. Lord, I'm going to trust you to lead me instead. Psalm 139. The way that we can have the greatest relationship in our life is by listening to these words and living into these words in all the ways that we can. So go home. If you're here, if you're at home, read Psalm 139. Let it soak into your soul today and really think about those words and what they mean for you. Amen. So we were praying Psalm 91 for 91 days and 91 days has come and gone. And some folks this week reached out to me and said, you know what, I've been praying that Psalm the whole time and I know I want to keep praying it. And I'm like, well, we can keep praying it too here. It's not going to hurt us to pray Psalm 91 beyond 91 days. And guess what? We hoped in 91 days when we started praying this that things would change. Well, guess what? Things have gotten worse. So we better keep praying Psalm 91 to continue to guide us and to ground us. So let's say these words together. I encourage you to leave that alarm on your phone, leave your alarm on or redo it again. We're not through this. In Ebola, that's when the break happened, 91 days. That's why we did this. Our break hasn't happened yet. We're still praying for it. So let's pray this psalm together. Lord, thank you for the rest that comes when I choose to live in your shelter. I declare you alone are my refuge, my place of safety. You are my God. I trust in you. I pray you will protect me and my family from the virus. I pray you will cover me and shelter me. I thank you for your faithful promises that remind you will protect me. Help me not to be afraid of all that I hear and all that I see. Help me not to dread the virus that is terrorizing our world. Lord, many are sick and more are fearful and anxious. Pray protection for me, my family, my church, my community, my city, my state, my country, my continent, and my world. I pray, Lord, as I make you my refuge, that no evil will conquer us nor come near our home. Pray for protection by your angels wherever I go. Lord, I love you. I trust in you. Please rescue and protect me. Thank you for answering when I call. Thank you for being with me in trouble. Thank you for salvation and the hope of heaven. And everybody said... Amen. Now let's sit in the presence of God and soak in Psalm 139 and whatever God is saying to us now in these moments.
challenging and odd time, we all need a reminder that wherever we are, God is present. God does not abandon us, nor ever stop loving us. This is good news. So I encourage you to read Psalm 139, then speak out loud for yourself and those you love this benediction. As you go out to the beauty of God's world or stay in your homes, know God sees you. As you do your part to keep others safe in this time, know that God is with you. As you pray for your friends and family and people you do not know, know that God hears your joys and cries of pain. As you begin a new week with God, know that God is leading you in the way everlasting and that you are created in God's image and you are God's beloved. Amen. Those words come from Susanna de Beto. May those words speak true to our hearts this week. And as you leave and from this place, And as you leave your homes or stay at home, like Ray Devendorf said online, she misses her church family. We miss you too. And we look forward to seeing you soon. But we'll keep coming together every Sunday no matter what, in whatever way that we need to. Because God will not be stopped. And Good Shepherd will not be stopped as well. Amen. We love you and miss you.